Yep. Come on. Yep. Yeah, because everybody thinks it's midnight. Exactly. Even though it's only eight thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Time change will get you. Yeah, I we, I was talking to a friend about that today. It's like, how did we ch- how did we fall back an hour, but it gets dark like three hours earlier <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> than it did last week. It does, it does feel like that? Um. Oh, so as always, this episode brought to you by Quail Ridge Plantation. Uh, 52 years in the field. Uh, go to quailridgeplantation.com. Check it out. Book a hunt. Uh, we're having excellent weather right now for early season. So, uh, you know, if you're wanting to get a early season hunt in, I'm, uh, yep, still got a few, still days, got open. A few days open. So uh, go to quailridgeplantation.com. Check out uh, the rates and the numbers, and you can call and talk to a person about booking a hunt today um so this week last week if you have been listening to the podcast henry and i kind of went through we've started the preserve season we went through our dog strings we updated you on where everybody's at i don't know if we got to all the puppies that we're working with right now because we're just having to be working with a lot of puppies right now but, uh, Jace, let's start there. Run us through your string of dog, your current string. Yep. How are they doing? What do they need? Uh, let us know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, my string is only two dogs. Um, I've got, uh, Alba, who is a five year old Brittany Spaniel. And, uh, he is a, he's a rock star. Um, he can kind of, kind of do it all. Um, Close range and dog. Um, so far, I don't. This year has been kind of kind of interesting. So, um, with we'll, and we'll get into my trip up to Michigan, but I don't know. It's it's funny him being the, the older dog right now. Uh, after Timber uh, passed, he's kind of taken the role of, of alpha alpha dog. And uh, this year with with Briar being a puppy and. I don't know. Right off the rip, uh, up on our trip, he kind of he started getting a little edgy and, and bumped a few birds, and that's normally not his his deal. But I think he was kind of competing with Briar a little bit. But mm-hmm. all in all, he's got a phenomenal nose. Uh, he's been on wild birds, pen raised birds, uh, anything from quail. Uh, the well sought after McGansers and wood ducks and oh, yeah. he's <laughs> he's a he's a great waterfowl uh water retrieving dog uh yeah i think when caleb was, uh when caleb was talking about uh hunting with you he was actually talking about a duck trip y'all took out yeah, to yeah. one of the barrier islands in georgia yeah. and your Brittany going with That's, you that, i think that ultimately sealed the deal for caleb uh, getting a Brittany. Yeah, I mean, he's my Swiss Army knife. I mean, yeah. he literally can, can do anything. And I, I got him pretty well tuned up. And uh, yeah, I, I'll even break barriers. And uh, if, if birds are holding really tight, I can kind of give him a command and he'll, he'll flush his own bird. <laughs> it, it's not traditional, but 
if I don't have a flushing dog, obviously I'll, yeah, I'll got, send That's why my dogs uh, <laughs> Purdy definitely does that. Yeah, on, yeah, on a whistle. A, I've got a male Brittany so, who's almost three and he he'll he'll flush on a whistle usually. Yeah. Some, sometimes sometimes he doesn't want to, but he's he's got the ability. Yeah. That's right, that's right. So got him got him tuned up. I, I'm really excited um to get him cranked up on some quail. Worked him uh this last weekend on some uh some pen raised birds, just trying to get some reps on some young dogs and uh mm-hmm. He's 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 ready to go. Um, and then Briar, my Llewellyn setter, is he'll actually be one years old uh, the nineteenth of this month. So, and uh, he's coming along good. Um, he uh, he kind of had a coming out party on our uh, on our grouse and woodcock trip. That's cool. That was his that was his first interaction with with wild wild birds or honestly live birds in general um all my pen raised bird suppliers over here in statesboro they kind of dropped the ball a little bit and uh, they all kind of shut down for summer i mean yeah yeah Yeah. so uh none of my guys had birds early i was trying to get them on some birds before we took that trip but just wasn't able to but uh you know he uh He's got a heck of a nose, great drive. He's covering ground. He, he learned so much from, from just bebopping around the woods with Alba. Mm-hmm. Um, but after day two, he, he kind of – things started clicking a little bit. So um, I'm excited to, to get him rolling. Still working on uh, – he's he'll retrieve a, a, a dummy all day. Uh, he'll pick up – he would pick, he picked up a grouse, no problem, would not touch – the woodcock he'd lick mm. it and be like no, i'm good and just keep rolling so i don't know what that is i gotta kind of we'll, we'll fine tune that this season but uh anyways he uh he's coming along i'm really excited to see him develop um he runs runs big uh and uh he's he's got some finesse so i'm excited yeah man so we'll see both of these dogs at quail camp 2021 which is Coming out this weekend. That's going to be super That's exciting. right. That's right. Um, there's going to be a ton of young dogs at Quail Camp. I think we counted, how many, Henry? Um, Five or six young dogs? Yeah, I'm I'm probably just going to have the one that I'm, Gilly, Gilly. that I'm training now. I'm, yeah. I don't think Bevy's going to. Gosh. Mm. She's okay. just she's just not quite there. Okay. Even though she's older by a little bit than than Gilly, she's just she's a she's a handful, dude. I don't I don't want to yeah. have to deal with that. <laughs> uh, so we'll see a bunch of young dogs. We'll see some older dogs doing some quality work. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Quail Camp is going to be super fun. Not a field trial by any means, but we get to see. We got a stellar lineup for Quail Camp. Yeah. I'm really excited about the folks who are going to be there. I think everybody that's coming has a dog that's around a year old. Yeah. Ish, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um all right, so you've alluded to it, we've alluded to it last week. Your trip up to the Northwoods. Now let's do let's do two things. One for the our listeners who are in Georgia or in the South and you know, we primarily focus on hunting in the South and hunting on public land in Georgia. But maybe people are like, you know, I want to take that trip. I want to do some hunting in other places, chase some other species. 
or just see some different cover. Um, kind of walk us through traveling and how, you know, just kind of like planning that trip and, and getting up to Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, one of my goals in life is to, to kill every ground dwelling bird in the continental U S. So to, in order to do that, I had to venture outside of, of Georgia. Um, and my first trip up to the Northwoods was, uh, let's see, 2016. I've got, I've got a good friend that lives on the Wisconsin Minnesota, uh, line. So that was my first introduction to the Northwoods. Um, Went up there and uh, took took timber, my English setter up there, and, and we killed we killed a lot of birds and got on a lot of birds and kind of learned the terrain of where to find grouse and where to find woodcock and uh, that was kind of where my eyes were open to to that. But uh, traveling for from an upland standpoint is uh, man, it is such a, a just a cool experience. Um, there's so much public land and, uh, it's a, it's an asset that, uh, it's obviously a trend now. It's super mm-hmm. like trendy now, but, uh, yeah. man, it's just, it's, it's really cool to, to see what, uh, what this country has provided for us and that's, uh-huh. that's public land. So, yeah. um, traveling, traveling with bird dogs, uh, eight hours North, uh, is an adventure in itself. Um, yeah, that's a long way. It's a good, it's a good poke. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I, I started driving. Uh, I had a Georgia Wildlife Federation banquet that I put together on a Thursday night. Woke up, uh, I'd already packed my truck. Woke up Friday, had to uh, do a little bit of work before I left, and cut out about lunchtime, and started the trek north. Um, between filling up and letting the dogs pee and uh, grabbing a bite to eat, I mean, it was pretty much a deadhead. Um, slept at a truck stop in Toledo um, and uh, slept slept a couple hours there. And then my goal my goal was to be hunting by uh, pretty much a little after lunch or a little after uh, like. 11 11 to 12 um, right. that, that Saturday um, and I uh, I'd been up in this area once before I went five years ago with a college roommate of mine I was uh, about an hour south of Traverse City Michigan which is uh, the north northwestern corner of Michigan right and there is so much public land in Michigan and um, they, uh, they started a program about five or six years ago called uh, GEMS, uh, Grouse Enhancement Management Sites. Okay. Basically, what they, basically what they are are uh, sections of public land that they gate off. Um, they, they actively log them. Uh, they've got early successional habitat, and uh, they drill clover throughout the roads, just okay. have – Awesome, awesome habitat. So early they, successional they, habitat, if you don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jace, is just what gr- what comes up after you've you've opened up and disturbed forest. So like yes. when you've got a mature forest and you go in there and you log it or 
fire or <clears throat> wind damage knocks down a bunch of trees like when that understory starts growing up that's early succession correct and that can be either grown naturally or uh artificially via uh, reforestation efforts through like planting like we have early succession throughout the southeast and most of that is planted pine plantations mm-hmm. right. um but up there, um, a lot of their early successional stuff, they do have red pine plantations up there, but a majority of uh, the timber up there is kind of a mix of uh, hardwood mm-hmm. um, and not as much of a conifer-dominated uh, forest. But uh, uh, in areas up there, if, if they go in and clear-cut, aspen is an early successional uh, tree species up there. And uh, so that's why you're looking for aspen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so that'd be comparable um, for us. Our early succession, it stuff. The natural stuff is mainly oak, right? Yeah, I would say oak. But uh, it, it being a slower grower, um, your early successional stuff are maple, sweet gum, mm. uh, honey, and black locusts. Um, those are going to be kind of early successional stuff. Yeah, as far as uh, big trees. Yeah. Bigger trees, yeah, yeah, And then you've got, obviously, all your grasses. What's the blackjack oak? Is that a... Blackjack right? oak, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a more super sandy, dry... That's what dry we get. <clears throat> In southwest yeah. Georgia, turkey, you, you if you, you clear cut, oak, it's going to be oak real quick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But... Um, we get a lot of privet growth, too. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Gotta yeah. love the Chinese. But, I mean, that's, that's good for quail. Yeah, it, in a way. I mean, some privet. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, uh, some conservationists love, it's like a hate-love thing with privet because it is invasive, but it is such a good cover. But you should it not, it, it. the good thing is it responds so well to herbicide. I mean, you can and really fire, spray. Fire knocks yeah. it back pretty good, too. Yeah. You can get a good fire. But if a but, privet head gets big enough, fire won't. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> no, it'll yeah it'll suppress all of it but uh i know later, yeah yeah anyway go ahead no no you're good um so yeah targeting early successional habitat but uh just comparing uh really it's not even apples to apples uh georgia to michigan obviously it's totally different terrain different uh, species composition from a tree standpoint, understory standpoint, but uh, really it's 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 similar in a sense because you're targeting a specific habitat. Once you find birds, just like you would down here in the south, once you find birds in an area, the goal is to replicate that. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. if you can replicate that habitat anywhere, you'll find more birds. And, and that was that's pretty that's that's the cool part about it is if you have the habitat obviously the birds are going to be there and you got to just push brush or up there there's not much brush there's there's aspen thickets and uh uh tag alder thickets and uh they've got little plum thickets too but uh anyways it's it's a lot of walking it's a lot of beautiful beautiful country early early to mid october up there is full uh, fall color change. So your sugar okay. maples, your red maples, they're just full display of just the most beautiful coloration that you've ever seen. And uh, what were, it's just a, go ahead. 
What were your temps like? My, oh, temps? I thought you said tents. Yeah. Uh, no. Temps were... <laughs> uh, temps were... <laughs> temps were low, low 30s. Uh, oh. High was... I think it might have gotten to 55, 60 oh, perfect. degrees. perfect. That's perfect. I mean, age. it's... Yeah. You can walk all day and not break a bead of sweat. Yeah. So. One thing I was going to ask is, um, well, now that I've now that I've it slipped my mind after <laughs> Sam's question, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh shoot, I'll come back to you. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll have it in just a second. <laughs> um, no, you're good. You're good. I'll I'll go ahead and transition into kind of uh, I mean, just kind of how I planned the trip. Yeah, and. Uh, so, I've I've got it back go real quick. You Sorry, it, you yeah. got it. Come on with it. So, um, it. were you keep, were you guys keeping track of of like the distances you covered every day? And if so, like what would you say your bird to like mile ratio was? Ooh, that's a good question. So, great, great question. So, I averaged twelve miles walking a day, mm-hmm. and I I averaged grouse flushes was about. I'd say seven birds a day. So there was days okay. where I flushed 10 and there was days where I flushed five or six. Um, and then Woodcock, uh, I probably averaged 12 a day on those. My last day I flushed like over 20, 20 Woodcock. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's good. But so that was, that was great just from a rep standpoint on the dogs. For sure. Um, but, uh, so yeah, no, great. Great question. So anywhere that. between like a half a bird a mile and two birds per mile. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right there. Pretty much. But here's the deal too. It didn't matter <laughs> if you're willing to walk, you're going to find like, if you have the habitat and you're willing to walk, you're going to find birds. And that was the cool part about it is, mm-hmm. is once you find that niche and you find a bird, you repeat that over and over again. And you're going to, it's just, it's so cool to see how those birds react to the habitat and see how the Lord's made them there in their special little niche yeah. area that they, they thrive in. It's just super cool to, to see that. For sure. And, you know, just getting on to the planning part, I was just sitting here thinking like, you know, in Georgia, our woodcock season doesn't start until December 11th this year. So by yep. going north, you actually get a jump. You know, they're they're they use their days earlier in the or well earlier in the season. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> so yeah, well, you we, got to think up there. December up there, they're gonna have a foot of snow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. All the wood, all the woodcock are migrating down. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so you extend your as a hunter though, if you can be you can be on the move. You can extend your woodcock season. Yeah, just follow them down. Yeah, the, the you can essentially get two seasons. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, when I'm retired, I will follow the migration. Just down. follow them down. Yeah. <laughs> I had a buddy today asking, "How do we just take four months off to hunt birds?" I was like, "Well, you don't want to know the answer to this." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You right. have to have a really, really strong wife. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, planning. Yes. So planning, uh, I think I hit on this on our, our five things that we, we need in our tool, 
actual right, box, right. but mm-hmm. Onyx Maps is, is my go-to. Yeah. And for me, without Onyx, uh, it, it would have been possible. Actually, funny enough, the first time I did a, uh, this trip five years or yeah, five years ago, Onyx wasn't in existence. I literally had paper maps of each management zone and basically uh their um equivalent to their forestry service uh that we have down here they have the same thing up there but they have uh maps online that show you areas that they've logged and whatnot Mm, and so you i basically took all those maps and printed them all and uh made notes on them and kind of had road names and everything like that so that was five years ago now speed that up we obviously i've got an ipad and literally months before this trip i'd go and zoom in on areas and find where there's hard edges um between Mm. mature stands and young stands uh i would look at uh, that's more for grouse right for grouse but it's grouse and woodcock habitat overlap okay pretty good amount and depending on if it's a dry season or not, um, if it's dry and you're trying to find the woodcock, you normally try to focus around your creeks, rivers, some form of a body of water, a little swamp yeah. edges. That's where if we've it's had a wet, in here in South yeah, Georgia. Yeah. Right. If it's a wet year, up there you about can find them almost anywhere. Um, so it is up, I guess the Midwest had a big drought. Michigan, for the most part, from what I could tell, they look like they had a good rain year. So it, it didn't matter really where I was. As long as I was in early successional stuff, I was fine at Woodcock. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So, um, so, yeah. So from a planning standpoint, a couple – I mean, a month or so beforehand, I'm, I'm dropping pins. I Since I had been in the area before, I had a couple spots that I had had success before. Um, so I had – somewhat of an idea of, of some areas, but I, I knew on my trip, I wanted to hit a lot more grounds. And, um, mm. the, the, the gym that I went to five years ago, that was the first year it, it had been in operation. And I, I, the first thing I did on before, as I was planning that trip is I called the biologist in that area and I said, Hey man, That's smart. Uh, making a trip up there. How are the numbers? He's like, well, numbers are, numbers are actually good. And I was like, well, I was looking, I found uh, this, this grouse enhancement area. It looks like it, it's the first year it's open. He's like, it's the first year, yes. He's like, not many people know about it, so you probably should go to that. So I was like, awesome. So I did that. My bud and I had a lot of success. We had such a blast. So going back up there, I, I, I knew since it had been open, there's only, there's only a handful of those sites, and it kind of puts a target on the area. So I knew... I knew it was going to have a lot more pressure. Um, yeah, we have some similar. I mean, the similar thing in Georgia is the Q, the Quail Forever. Uh, oh yeah, what do they call them? Uh, this is a, it's, uh, like a, it's like a partnership management. Yeah, they it's got the, them. That cooperative, yeah, the, cooperative, yeah. cooperative projects. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Dale. very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's. I sponsored one on uh, Silver Lake as well, I think. But Chickasaw uh, Hatchie is probably one for sure, but it's yeah. all it's all quota. So quota yeah. hunts, that's right. 
But uh, anyway, so I, it kind of put a target on it. So I was like, I'm going to find areas in and around it. If I don't find birds in and around or around it, I at least have the grouse enhancement area. So yeah, on my drive up there, I wanted to hunt at, around lunchtime on, uh, I guess, that uh, Saturday. So I stopped a little short of where my, my camp area was going to be, but I stopped at the Cadillac um state forest area and um it was uh saying you stopped your cadillac nah (laughs) nah jay's be rolling in style (laughs) no definitely not definitely not driving a cadillac i was i'm driving a a 08 tacoma with a camper top so good choice i like Um, you more and more jay's (laughs) (laughs) but uh so cadillac forest management unit uh in michigan it's uh, I think it's something like 30 or 31,000 acres. I mean, it is, it's huge. That is um, quite large. Yeah, quite large. But, um, it's got, um, a couple of rivers that flow through it. And just looking at the maps was looking at some access points and some early successional areas and found, found an area that I really wanted just to kind of investigate. So I, when I'm doing my scouting on, on my Onyx, I normally put uh, a white uh, upland bird. I tag some areas that look good, and then I always put my tracker on when I'm walking the ground. And as, I, as I'm as i hunting, I drop red pins. And my red pins are when I have contact with a bird. And that's I a real put bird, this. yeah. That's a real bird. And then I put normally, if I got time, I'll put the number of birds that flushed or what it was, grouse or woodcock. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I did that literally, uh, got out of the truck, walked, uh, probably 30 minutes and Alba went on point. And, um, so Alba went on point, Briar's kind of to the, Alba's on point to my left, Briar's off to my right, kind of bebopping around, trying to figure out what's going on. I try to. I, just, I just glad to be out of the truck after just, eighteen just, hours. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, just just glad to be out of the truck for sure. Um, I walk up to Alba, grouse gets up, I shoot it. I was like, nice. Oh man, unreal. It's like, well, that was pretty quick. Um, All right, turn around, so, go home. <laughs> Mission yeah, really, really. It. Uh, so that was awesome. Uh, I was tickled to death on that. Um, actually, Briar ran straight to it, grabbed it. Um, held it for me. I snapped the pick and I was fired up. I was like, all right, boys, let's go. And, uh, we walked a little bit longer and, uh, Alba went on point again and it ended up being a woodcock shot him. So, I mean, within the first hour I had a, a grouse and a woodcock, uh, in my bag. Dude, that's awesome. Um, so that was, that was really cool. Um, makes those 12 miles go by pretty easy with birds in the bag. (laughs) Yeah, 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 no, the, it made the right just from the get go. It made the trip worth it. Yeah. Um, so that was that was super cool. Um, and being in an area that I never walked before, never seen it before, I just drove up, looked at it, field verified it after doing the e scout. I, I looked at it, and was like, yeah, yeah, this has got birds in it for sure. And then putting boots on the ground and finding birds that was that was super cool. Not always my experience. I love it when a no, plan comes no. together. No, but it, it is special when something like that does. Oh, yeah, for, absolutely. 
like Henry said, uh, when a plan comes together, pretty beautiful. Oh man, it was it was great. It was really good. So yeah, I hunted that area a little bit longer, and um, I think we ended up. I think we bumped another grouse, and then pointed, and I missed a, a woodcock. Um, kind of wild flushed a little bit. I think Briar ended up bumping it. Um, but yeah, got back in the truck and started heading a little bit further uh, north northwest of Cadillac, um, the Cadillac management area. And uh, the area where I kind of uh, made home for the last, I guess for the next like three days or so, was um, Traverse City Forest Management Unit and uh, the Little Betsy uh, Grouse Enhancement Management Site. Little kind Betsy. Of the Little Betsy. It, it, the reason it's called Little Betsy is because it's the Little Betsy River runs through it. Mm, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'm so, saying that like I know yeah, that river. Like, uh-huh, like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. I know exactly The Little Betsy that. River. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Michigan, anyway, so yeah, very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Not to be but, confused um, with the Big Betsy River. I'm that's right. Yeah, I don't know if there is a, a Big Betsy, but uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was super cool. Um, finished out the day. Uh, I think the first day. I think we ended up probably three or four grouse. We uh, either pointed or wild flushed, and. Uh, the woodcock were a little spotty after we we left the first spot, um, but uh, I, I did everything. I just truck camped, so I had a couple campsites I had picked out. Um, that uh, I like being by body of water, so I kind of I kind of camped out. There was a a lake called I think it was uh, Grass Lake was what I was near, but. Um, the Betsy River ran by it and kind of that was the headwaters of the Betsy, the little Betsy River. Um, so super cool little campsite, camped out there. And uh, I just, I normally just hammock camp. So the cool thing about upland hunting and traveling, and basically I have my truck, my two dogs, uh, my 28 gauge and my 20 gauge, and enough shells to uh, about three, three boxes each or four boxes each. Uh, a big canteen of water and uh, a Coleman stove <laughs> and an Eno hammock and an Eno hammock. So uh, pretty, pretty low, low maintenance. Uh, a few, really few cans to, of beanie weenies and spam. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, low, low maintenance, low cost trip. I mean, I think an upland, upland license in Michigan for seven days was like 80 bucks. Oh. Um, and uh, I, I think you can buy a waterfowl license for $12. So, I mean, all in, you're like right at 100 bucks. Um, oh, so yeah. Easy. Next, nice. Yeah, easy, easy peasy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so from there, just kind of I had a couple other areas the, the next couple of days that I, I targeted. And, and just really uh, just beautiful country. Um, the dogs did, did really good. I'd hunt them for about an hour to hour and a half segments. So I would try to make uh, little courses, I guess, amongst the the terrain. Mm -hmm. That way I could get back in the truck, let them rest a little bit, um, eat a snack or grab grab some water, 
and then I'd go find more habitat. And uh, that's kind of how I, I did it. It was kind of like a, uh, I don't know, just kind of a little gorilla uh, uh, tactic where you're just kind of bouncing around, finding good habitat. Bushwhacking it. Yep. Bushwhacking it. Just just putting boots on the ground and getting it done. So I've got a question since we're on the dogs. Um, yeah. Since yeah. you mentioned the dogs, what um, is is there any are there any differences so they're they're in South Georgia primarily, or I guess Eastern Georgia, primarily hunting Bob White. Usually, I would yep. imagine. Are there any differences in like is, is there a break in period where? And I, I know Alba has probably done some hunting in other states before and on other species, but let's yep. say for Briar, was there a break in period for him? You know, not quite being used to that same scent and like having to realize that, oh, that, you know, these are, these are game birds too. I mean, I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I would say besides me having, uh, wings from birds that I've harvested in the past, I, mm-hmm. I, I keep grouse, woodcock, uh, bobwhite and pheasant, uh, just wings that from birds that I've killed. That's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, yeah, if you've got bird, bird dogs and you're trying to train them, I always, if I, I've got a half decent bird that's not too tore up, I'll, I'll keep the wings on them. And that way it's not going to be the, the live scent, obviously, but it, it at least has a remnants of it. Yeah. So kind of imprint while, that on them. That's right. So while I've, while I've been training, uh, Briar, I've kind of, I've been using the grouse and some woodcock wings. So, um, down here obviously in georgia so when we got up there the sitting conditions are obviously totally different you go from 70 80 90 degrees down here to 30 to 50 degrees up there uh it's cold it's there was some windy and moist mornings where super foggy so um yeah it definitely took some break in period i mean it took it took briar probably two days to really kind of figure out what the heck was going on. He, yeah. I mean, like I said, this is his first first rodeo on, on birds. Yeah, so he's going to have a break-in period regardless, even if you were hunting regardless. down here. But. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But that's awesome um, that you were able to kind of watch them piece it together over, you know, like a week straight or however long you were there for. Just, oh, just to it get was, to see the, that progression. That's got to be awesome. I love, I love watching my dogs just kind of slowly get it together um but you know i'll I'll work my dogs you know two to three times a week on a good week so you know it's not it's definitely more gradual so that's Mm got to be really a cool experience to be out there in the field with them you know be sleeping with them at night and you know and camping and stuff and and uh to be able to just watch that happen yeah Yeah, there's no doubt so I'm always interested in like, I'm, I mean, it sounds like everything came together real well. Um, and that's always super exciting, but just in the interest of kind of breaking down some of the, the Instagram type romanticism about bird hunting, what are some of the parts of the trip that were like, you know, not so not. romantic. <laughs> like it didn't live yeah. up to expectations. Yeah, like I mean, because you got to. De- I mean, dogs poop and pee, so you're obviously not driving. You know, you got to deal with that. You got to deal with, you know, 
just, I mean, just kind of walk us through the less yeah, uh, yeah, no, glamorous I think, side. I think, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so yeah, dogs are dogs, and yeah, they poop and pee. And basically, every time I fill up, I, I make sure I go to a gas station that's got a big green grassy area that they can stretch their legs and run around and do their business. Um, that's super, super important, especially making a long trek like that. Um, <laughs> some of the non-glamorous portions were, uh, obviously y'all know with, with having young dogs, uh, Briar, like I said, those first two days, he was just trying to figure it out. He, uh, he bumped plenty of birds. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he was, he was, you would have thought he was a flusher for a little while. Um, so there was a little bit of frustration um, there, but obviously being, I mean, you got to be patient with a young dog and kind of reinforce it. And, and the good thing is that the first day I, I shot a bird was able to kind of use that bird as my scent. It has a kind of a teaching mechanism for him, but yeah, the, the non-glamorous was the first two days Briar, I mean, when Albo would go on point, Briar would like just decide when he wanted to back sometimes. Sometimes he'd get curious and, and go a little further and bump a bird. And um, so a lot of a lot of teaching opportunities for sure. Um, and, and definitely testing your patience. Um, some of the non-glamorous, uh, like you said, Instagram non-Instagram moments were uh, porcupines. Ooh, um, yeah. And uh, I don't know if the Britneys that y'all have are super game driven or not, but dude, Alba, if if uh, if there's a critter amongst him, he, he's he's gonna he's gonna get up on it. And uh, he, uh, I had re- interacted with a porcupine once before when Timber, I took Timber up five years ago, and he had he had bumped into a porcupine, and he he came and ran to me and had all these quills in his face and. Mm. Alba, Alba was uh, a lot more game driven than Timber, and uh, it, it happened three times to Alba. Oh and, my gosh! Uh, she didn't learn after dude, the first one, dude. Like <laughs> I said, game, game driven and hard headed, and all yeah. the things. But the first time wasn't a bad one. It, he probably came. Uh, it was one of those that uh, I called him back. I couldn't. He, he wasn't coming directly back, so I was either like, I was like, he's on point, or something's up and all of a sudden i i see him out of the corner of my eye and he's running over and he's got i don't know probably 10 or 12 quills and, and it, it just around his nose and the top of his mouth and uh so you just kind of hold him back and this isn't the the vet uh recommended way of doing this but you just kind of hold him by the collar and pluck him out with your with your hand mm-hmm. um but so the first time only about 10 or 12 second time about 20 or so and had a few in the, t- in the roof of his mouth. And, and then the third time was, was by far the worst. Uh, the third one was the, was the last day. Just determined got, to eat that thing. <laughs> dude, we, well, first off we had, we had found the mothership of Woodcock. I mean, we've, I went to, I, I tried a little different terrain. It was a fresh cut uh uh, like a wet pine stand that had been clear cut probably like three or four years ago. And all it had coming back was uh, blackberry and red maple. And I don't, and like 
some kind of volunteer pines here and there. And I don't know what it was about that spot, but when I saw it, I was like, there's a bunch of maple here, which is an indicator for a little bit of moist soil. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's, let's walk this and see, see what happens. Man, that's that last day we, we pointed and flushed over 20 woodcock, but which was incredible. I mean, the, the dogs just absolutely had a ball and they did awesome. They bumped a few, they pointed and had awesome backing and this and that. But anyways, about, about an hour into hunting this, and we'd already probably pointed and flushed probably 10 or so woodcock. Uh, all of a sudden, Alba's on point. I'm walking up to him, and at this point, it's kind of a rhythm. And uh, I'm walking up, and he's acting a little different. He kind of looks back at me when I'm walking up, and I'm like, uh... What are you like? What you? What are you doing? Because it wasn't really. It was in a briar thicket. It wasn't kind of in what, where all the other birds were. Mm-hmm. And when I got within about ten foot of Alba in that that little briar thicket, he just pounced. And I was like, Oh no! Yeah, who knew? And oh no! And Alba just being hard headed and just who he is. He turns around and there's more quills in his face than I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he's he got them everywhere, and he's not he's not whimpering, he's not doing anything. He's at this point he's like, "What did I just do?" <laughs> and he's taking yeah. his like he's taking his paws and he's trying to like get them out himself. So I'm uh, like, oh, no. "Yeah, probably uh, just so making things was, worse." And- yeah, uh, absolutely. So trying to to tell trying to. Uh, tell a dog stop, like let me help. It doesn't obviously doesn't work. Yeah, no uh, command for that. <laughs> no, no, no command for that. So at this point, I'm like holding him down with my legs, my arms, and just plucking, plucking them out. And there's, I mean, hundreds, hundreds. His uh, entire his entire roof of his mouth. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. It was very it was. It was pretty overwhelming, to be honest. That's and uh, yeah, so I I plucked for probably thirty minutes, and there were and I don't know if, I, I don't know if y'all ever interacted with a, a quill of a porcupine or not, but they're hollow. Yeah. Oh. So when you pinch on them, they it's like pinching a straw; it just deflates. So there's no like no grip. So I got as many as I could and. There was probably still 40 in the roof of his mouth at this point. And there's blood everywhere. And I was like, oh, gosh. So I just put him on my back and carry him to the truck because I got tweezers back in the truck. So as a note, carry tweezers around in your pocket. Yeah, just about to. Don't leave them in your truck. Yeah, don't leave them in your truck. Put them in your pocket or in your game pouch or whatever. But uh, anyway, so it took about an hour, but I got all of them out. But it, it – uh, that was not an Instagram worthy uh, thing. First off, the dog was in was in some pain, but like I said, he he didn't whimper once. Uh, he just obviously he he started realizing it towards the end. Once I started pulling them all out, he's like, "Ooh, that feels better." Ooh, that feels like uh, you can just see it on his yeah, face. Yeah, that's but, good. Um, but either way, that was that was that was that was a that not was, a fun. That's thing. nuts. Oh, not man. fun. <laughs> So, yeah, not really a problem hunting in Georgia. The whole porcupine. No, thing. no, we've got thank, the thank we've got the shaky tails, but not the. That's it. That's yeah. it. Um, 
Yeah, so, okay, back from your trip. Dogs are doing good. The Georgia Bob White season is three days away, four days away at this point. What are you doing to get ready uh, in this these last couple of days? Uh, and do you have plans for opening day? Or I know you got plans for opening weekend, but let's... That's right. You know. That's right. <laughs> Quail camp. No, Quail camp, that's right. Um, yes, no, great question. Um, so yesterday before I drove all the way to Tuscaloosa, I, normally during my lunch break, I, I try to work with the dogs a little bit. Um, just uh, I literally got a little cane pole with fishing line and with a wing on it. So I switched my wing over to a Bob White wings and really working with, uh, with Briar on that, uh, kind of his woe command, uh, acting like a flush, clapping my hands together and throwing a little, uh, little dummy, mm-hmm. uh, really kind of worked on that for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes and, uh, just kind of just, just working on that. Um, we'll kind of fine tune everything once we, once we get the birds in front of them, but just doing a little bit of that, still uh, running them. Uh, I try to, I think I mentioned this before, but early season, I, I try to run with them uh, right, like two right, or three right. miles throughout the week, just depending on uh, weather and all that. But uh, so still conditioning. Uh, I think that's super important, especially early season. Um, just making sure you got your dogs in shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are some, some key factors. Um, opening day, uh, I was just on the phone with my wife before this and she told me we have two more packets of ground venison. So, um, I will probably wake up, uh, Saturday morning and deer hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Try <laughs> just, to get some meat uh, in the freezer. Trying to get a little bit more meat. It's been a, it's been a slow season. I hadn't been able to, uh, get, I normally try to get all my deer hunting done before bird season but it's it's just been one of those years it's been crazy busy yeah but um hey man but yeah so saturday bring, bring your rifle uh, and put you on one yeah yeah i think we could solve your deer meat problem oh yeah think. no i don't have I, i've got plenty of deer it's just i haven't had time to really yeah sit and hunt but uh that's kind of my thing easily. like i definitely i've no, no. I was like, ah, oh, this Saturday I might sit in the stand too. I'm definitely not sitting in a deer stand. So <laughs> but uh, so yeah, Saturday, Saturday day. I'll probably um, my hopes is to I got a couple local spots that have got some wild birds that uh, I'll probably hit, and then uh, I'll probably head out to get to y'all uh, around supper time. So I'll probably leave around. 3030 or 4 um to get out to y'all's place yeah so should be a should be a good saturday and then obviously sunday's gonna be great sunday be great we'll have the full everman up and crew plus a few more friends out uh just having a blast we're gonna we're definitely gonna see birds it's gonna be be
Sunday's looking like low of 40, high of 60. Yeah. So, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I, Saturday, I mentioned I will not be deer hunting because I was fortunate enough to, I did not draw a quota hunt, but a friend drew a quota hunt, and I got invited to tag along because in Georgia, how the quail quota works is you, uh, when you draw the hunt, you can invite two guests. So you can have a three person party. And, uh, so on the place where we drew, there's only going to be two more parties. So nine people on 1600 acres in South Georgia. And it is going to be phenomenal weather all day kind of hunting weather. And I'm really excited to get on birds, wild birds. Finally, Oh man! What what wait. WMA y'all going to? River Creek. Nice. River Creek. And I can say that uh, because it's quota, it's quota. only. And yeah, I was about, that's that's all there is. Yeah. There are a that's few cool. general days, but they're all Wednesdays or something ah. like that. Tuesday or Wednesdays, which I actually work out for Caleb. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, which is I mean, which is exciting because. You know, the last quota we drew was Lanahassee, and that is not exactly in our backyard. So we didn't really have time. We didn't know the place at all except for maps. And, uh, like, the maps are kind of outdated, so we didn't really know what we were walking into. So we just had to see what we saw when we got there and, and go for it. But River Creek we've been to a few times, and it, it is – one of the WMAs in our backyard, pretty much. So, um, we kind of know what we're walking into. We have a little bit more solid game plan uh, this year. But besides that, it's a it's a pretty good place. Um, you know, it just happens to be close. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll be hunting Saturday too, but not on wild birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I not with it. a gun in my hand. Yeah, yeah, with a whistle. With a whistle. Whistle uh, dogs. Yep. Yeah, man. So, dude, thanks for thanks for joining us. I know you got a long. Yeah. You still got a few more miles ahead of you on this road trip. But That's right. That's right. We are. Hey, I'll I'll, uh, I'll leave with with a couple other things too. Just yeah, real sure, quick. sure, sure. Um, so, I mean, if anyone listening, if y'all ever have any questions, I I've been to a handful of other states, uh, so if anyone has any questions on kind of looking uh, outside the scope of, of Georgia public land uh, last year, my wife and I went to New York state uh, upstate New York and we did Krause and Woodcock. And like I said before, I I'd been to Minnesota and uh, Wisconsin uh, a handful of times and a ton, a ton of opportunities um, outside the scope. So y'all, if anyone's got any questions or, uh, anything like that, feel free to reach out. But uh, there are just so many cool opportunities, especially if you're trying to get dogs on birds early season before our seasons come mm-hmm. in here in Georgia. I think it's just a really good opportunity, not only to see uh, what the Lord's given us, but also just this great country's got provided for us from a, a public land standpoint. So, I, I tell you what, I'll, I'll on that. in all my driving around this country, I've really not seen anywhere that was just ugly where I've thought like, this isn't an awesome, but once you get, I think 
once you've got an eye for habitat and you know what each landscape can support, you rarely run into anywhere where you're like, this is just ugly. Uh, we do live in a beautiful place. Um, I'm hoping to have some opportunities over the next years in New Mexico. Uh, I'd like to get up to Maine, and I have a few opportunities in Iowa. So those are the states I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get out to South Dakota, yeah. um, mainly to look for a uh, a pair or a match to my female Visla. I'm looking for a stud dog. Yeah, but a one real to, one, hunting. Yeah, one to bring yeah. home. Yeah, a real hunting male Visla. So if I could knock some, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Ho 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 ho! That would be that'd be nice. Yep. Um, all right. Well, guys, it's awesome. I'm really just looking forward to to seeing everybody this weekend. It's going to be a blast. Um, and we'll definitely, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll definitely give you an update on how quail camp went both days of it. And, uh, yeah, hope to see you tune And And, hey, good luck, everybody who's going out there f- for the – tenth time or for the first time i hope you have a great opening day in georgia uh go get them let us know uh how it went so uh i don't know uh we'll look on instagram we'll have a we'll have a quail camp hashtag so just use quail camp hashtag quail camp and uh we'll see your opening day instagram there all right so we'll wrap it up thanks guys thanks for everything We'll see you next time. Yep.